0: for words here on feature please and his trip at warp
1: 5 my name is joseph i was having so much fun with chrono trigger until those goddamn golem sisters man it just they put a stop to everything
0: <laughs> i'm your co-host peter we actually had a youtube comment today about your chrono trigger adventures wondering if you knew like certain secrets and certain things no and uh, our our uh, comments did try to hide you know Anything that would you would if you saw it to spoil you, which was smart. And and my response was like I, I'm pretty sure Peter wants to not know as much. The whole as shtick of
1: our show is Peter doesn't know anything about nerdy things in the fucking late nineties, early two thousands, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like we gotta stick with a theme, and that theme is you you try to stay ignorant Stay golden, pony you boy. Know- <laughs> He, he, I'm going to peel back the curtain a little bit here. Um, you and I had a rare uh, phone discussion this week because we talk every week over our podcasting apparatus here. So we don't generally need to call each other, but you called me because you were interested in potentially hot swapping into reviewing Picard rather than starting season three. And we had some some like opportunity to consider that. I was listening
1: to the season two rip on my Drive from Cleveland back down to Columbus, which is why I called you because texting and driving with my kids in the car gets me in real <laughs> hot water with the wife, and my kids are old enough now they can rat me out on things. <laughs> oh, oof.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> You're raising marks, Peter.
1: <clears> Those <throat> so, <little>, are little girls. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the coverage we did at the end of the season two rip. Uh, I think there was really something there to say for it, and we were in a unique position because to this point, uh, or at least that point when over the weekend, we hadn't put out season three, episode one yet, and that would have been the right place to start recording Picard season three and kind of cash in on a natural break and hitting something that is
0: sending big ripples through the Star Trek community, say the least. And we, you know, we parsed through the potential, how would we do it? Would we do it this way, do it that way. What can we do to catch up? Is catching up right? Are we giving ourselves enough time? And after we sort of worked through it, I think we came to the the conclusion that, yeah, we're going to review Picard.
1: How- Season three.
0: Season three. I'm not doing How- anything with season two. <laughs> no, nor should any sentient human. There's literally <laughs> one sentence in the entirety of season three that references anything that happened in season two. One sentence. And it's an 80-yard line that they obviously spliced in after the fact. And it makes sense because they shot them concurrently. So there probably wasn't any awareness of metalysis part of what even the fucking plot really was of season two. So... Uh, we were going to review season three. It continues to be excellent. I'm not going to say anything else because, you know, we're going to have this other opportunity to discuss it. How we're going to figure that out. Is it going to be Patreon content? Quite possibly. Although you'll have reanimator to look forward to here shortly. That might in fact be out before this episode. So if you want to join us at uh, patreon.com slash feature, please, please do. there will probably, probably some extra content there. We got tank girl, which is always going to be a Patreon exclusive. And then, Uh, some of our, our short rants about pop culture stuff that we've caught up on. And then this review of Reanimator is a little bit of a, uh, change of pace. Are we going to do it as regular episodes? We don't know yet, but we're going to review it. But ultimately we chose to not review Picard and instead continue to review enterprise. Then you had to watch this episode. (laughs) immediately after that choice was made like immediately that day you're like all right time to sit down and watch episode three i'm well aware had i (laughs) had i any
1: inclination whatsoever the fresh hell that was awaiting me is in season three episode three extinction uh we would be balls deep in picard season three right now because (laughs) we'd be watching good star trek (laughs) I would, I would go back and almost consider watching season two of Picard, which I just shit on. You had really twisted my arm behind my back in the season two rip to say that precious cargo was one of the worst episodes of Star Trek and the worst episode of Enterprise. And boy, were you fucking wrong. Season three, episode three, Extinction first aired September twenty fourth, two thousand and three, written by Andre Baramis, directed by the infamous, hated
0: <laughs> purveyor of garbage.
1: Uh Paramount Public Enemy Number One LeVar Burton, who if I didn't know any better, uh beat up Mrs. Berman and t- t- took Several car keys to Brand Braga's car hood.
0: <laughs> it's the only way to do. Actually, square how it is. He keeps getting dealt turd after turd. He what was his last one? Uh, regeneration. You hey, know, we just looked this up. We're real bad at our jobs here. Hey, I'm terrible. The last episode of Enterprise he did was First Flight. So, so I Action Grandpa of course. And then Cogenitor was before that. Fortunate Son wasn't bad.
1: Fortunate Son is a fart in the wind when you've got big hitters like First Flight and fucking Cogenitor stinking up the joint, man. I've never hit a point, a low, watching Star Trek Enterprise, or Voyager for that matter, where I just wanted to... Just turn the goddamn thing off. And normally, like, it's rare to hit episodes this bad. And we're talking like a We're talking just the worst of the worst, right? I, I, I the way I'm watching it, I can't like 2x view or like 3x view, and I can't even really like skip forward all that effectively. So I'll just start fucking around on my phone. And usually that's enough to like preserve my sanity. But them making these whack ass Velociraptor noises <laughs> was so jarring that I couldn't even like I couldn't even fucking look at Facebook and and like Instagram.
0: <laughs> it demanded your attention. You couldn't look away. Can I really tell you? Can I tell you something in in the strictest of of confidences here. are say Internet. that you
1: didn't even bother watching this fucking episode. And you maybe just sit through this solo, and you're <laughs> no. running off of fumes and what you kind of remember and no. memory alpha entries. I A didn't think it shit. Was.
0: Don't even fucking say that. I, I didn't even think it was that bad. I watched this. I'm like, was it good? No. Is it definitely like a leftover script from the first two seasons that someone found in a desk drawer and decided to produce? Yes. Are oh, some of the choices here, uh, shall we say, strange? <laughs> yes. Do I think it's the worst episode of Star Trek I've ever watched? No. Is is it even the in the bottom five of episodes of Enterprise we've watched so far? Also, no. Like, honest, honest to God, I know you hated it, and I am. All the way here. I am ready for your hatred. I'm not going to really put up much of a defense for it because it's not very good, but I don't think it's, I don't even, it's even close to the worst. It had a, this thing had a, a a lane. It wanted to get into. It had a fucking idea behind it and it, it committed to the bit and the actors committed to the bit and it's fucking bizarre. It doesn't really work with what they're trying to do this season, but well, man you compare this to some of the worst of the worst we've seen in the past it's i could i i got through this no problem no problem whatsoever there was at least there was there was an idea here and they really tried hard with it spoken
1: uh like a man who truly believes that the season three intro is better than the season one
0: and I, I mean it's that is also corrected for me. This episode is so bad. True. And I'm winning that vote by a lot right now.
1: No, you're not.
0: Yes, I am. Check it. Uh, Check it.
1: This episode was so bad. I was genuinely embarrassed for everybody involved. <laughs> which is hard to say for, for enterprise. This episode was embarrassing and cringe on levels that I feel normally can only be obtained by the shitty Jurassic Park movies.
0: (laughs) You're talking like the original sequels? No, which
1: I think Jurassic world three was kind of okay. But like the, the Jurassic, the Jurassic world one where like they go to the private Island and the dinosaurs are in the house being auctioned off.
0: Oh yeah, the second one of Jurassic yeah. Was that
1: Jurassic World 2? And I think Jurassic yeah. World 3 didn't I didn't even bother with 3, but this was this was really bad. So, uh we pick up with what's probably the only good part of this entire episode. Well, I I'll, I'll say there's two good parts of the episode,
0: right? Uh I believe this is where the the, the opening is when some some dude is being chased through the jungle and then uh some guys with flamethrowers roll up on him and just torch him and there's no explanation what the fuck is going on and it is it is like oh what is this dark (laughs) awful thing we're watching where where a man is being burnt to death by these dudes in ev suits and flamethrowers
1: it's very clear what's happening this guy's sick with the mutant sickness and this is uh, you know, some space fascists cleaning house. I, I was trying to read my notes before and, and I see what it is now. This episode is punishment inflicted on me for severance being so good, as I've been enjoying the absolute shit out of that. So
0: Oh, the Apple TV
1: show? Fucking amazing.
0: I have not watched a frame of that
1: yet, and everyone well, how about says this? let me pitch this to you. Yeah, let, let me talk about severance for an hour.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's incredible. Um, so this is this is the first part of the the one of two good things that's going to happen in this episode,
0: and it's people getting
1: burnt to crisp.
0: I mean, it's it's a great tone setter for an episode where you know some real dark shit's supposed to happen, but and then just turns into a bit of kind of a farce instead. I mean the the tonal the tonal attempt here is like aliens, right? Like something you kill a fire, you know, it kind of matches the moody, dark, you know, we're in the terminus systems, you know, season three thing. Like this opening is in the right frame of mind. It's just sure. it goes in a goofy direction. And with Enterprise, you know, you can get a very
1: limited, no, it's a pretty big range, actually, of cold openers with stuff ranging from uh, we're going to hunt you down and kill you with fire. And the other end of the spectrum we frequently get is like the cold opener being uh, Trip sitting there, uh, sitting down with a book to read for the evening and forgetting what page he ended on. And then they like hit some sinister music as he finds his bookmark had fallen out. <laughs> So of the two, certainly I want to go with people getting fucking torched, but uh, that's 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 where we're gonna say our first uh, good part is. Then there is the god awful
0: new intro, which I have mercifully been able to skip through, and then we are now at an unskippable recurring element, and that is let's uh, get uh, trip into Paul's shirts off and have them touch each other because that's how we're doing sexual tension now. So, you know, trips. I'm going to tell bringing... you a little
1: secret you might not know. Okay. Vulcan females hate buttons.
0: They are yes. allergic
1: to them. They cause uh, very severe allergic reactions. Teeth fall out, massive hair loss. In some cases it can be fatal. So most Vulcan women will buy shirts with as few buttons as possible. You can see an example of which here being Paul's shirt. And when I say shirt, I mean more like... um. I don't know, like a child's jacket because it certainly doesn't cover any of her stomach nor most of her chest.
0: I, I You know, in the same way that we uh, said that we were impressed by the level of push-ups that Roxanne Dawson did post having a baby on Voyager. Um, I guess we'll shout out to Lina Blaylock did all the sit-ups. You know, I guess if your stomach is going to be on screen all the time, she's going to make sure that sure thing is, is. taut. You know? let me tell you what else the new
1: uniforms they put her in. I hate so much that I almost respect her more wearing this toddler jacket.
0: <laughs> it's clear child's nightgown.
1: I want to see a scene where she is sitting there and we get like a like a, a vocal narration of her looking at her wardrobe like, OK, uh, my subordinate is coming on the ship for medical assistance. What's the most appropriate? What's the most logical thing for me to wear? If she had like a secret picture of him like taped to the wall behind a book and she was just staring at it, and, like blowing it kisses and stuff like I could buy her wearing skimpy, provocative shit like this. But since they've magically hit the reset button on the legitimate groundwork that they did in season one and two to like make them affectionate at all towards each other to to ramrod this goddamn thing. I'd say this is like borderline. Uh, sexual harassment.
0: (laughs) It's like, especially because Trip is very uncomfortable. You know, like this is, I don't know about this. Like, I don't like going to my boss's quarters to get all touched up here. Yeah, my super
1: sexy boss in her increasingly shrinking shirts. So he shows up with a crock pot full of
0: peaches because he's a Florida man. Because he's Southern. He wants to share, like, thank you for your chiro vulcan chiropractic stuff. <laughs> have some peaches. Have have a crock pot f- f- full of raw peaches.
1: And then we get a very sensual shot of uh to Paul eating a peach or taking a bite out of a peach, which amazingly becomes relevant later on. Here I am just thinking it's, you know, sexual overtones just for the the Berman of it, but this is actually plot, believe it or not.
0: I college Colin Junior takes his shirt off dude is sculpted and uh he starts starts getting getting touched up but hey the captain calls from the shitty command center and says we've got work to do he's been digesting the database from the zindi ship that they picked up last week it was the marauders database that had some info on the zindi i do want to raided
1: the zindi ship and so they got the database from that fair enough yeah um it's a it's a database through osmosis. I will say shout out to this episode for them actually touching base on the fact that Trip just got off a hard day of work. Uh, to Paul turns out to be that the T into Paul is mm-hmm. actually a shortening of Tarantino Paul. <laughs> She's off awesome. feet,
0: in... feet. stuff, in feet <laughs> stuff, feet stuff. It's right. He told the T. I wanna... I want to. I want to see your feet, Trip. Give me them
1: feet get them doggies out. And the trip's oh, like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa." I
0: smell 'em. I've been
1: I've been crawling around all over on top of the they're extra spicy. I like it I like that. I've been crawling around on top of the warp core on the prow looking for pirates to jump on with a pipe. I, the, the, the these dogs are barking. And I know that you being a Vulcan, you already hate the way we stink. <clears throat> I take these things off. It might kill you. And that's when we find out that apparently whereas Archer has a fetish for head injuries. To Paul's uh, kink is, you know, catastrophic damage to her nose. <laughs> Sadly, I also like the little joke she throws in that you know,
0: uh, chances of paralysis are mi- minimal. I think.
1: And they're going over that at the same time. I'm writing in my notes like, it's ridiculous to think that the humans and Vulcans nervous system is so fucking similar that she can go in there with like jackhammer pressure and hit where. Would be helpful to a Vulcan and that you better hope to God that's not like the place the
0: place you press to, to I don't know, put them in a wheelchair forever. But isn't there like a TNG episode that explains why the physiology of all the Alpha Quadrant species are the same?
1: Oh, I thought you were going to make a joke about Worf taking those barrels to the back.
0: Well, no, I wouldn't uh, make, a, ju- I wouldn't make about a joke about that episode because that one was good <laughs> you're talking about
1: the one where hey we all come from the same yeah progenitor species yeah. never to be mentioned again
0: I I really liked that as a sort of you know Picard in his element you know and they had a nice ending to that with the Romulan anyway let's talk about this instead uh,
1: so he calls her off to the uh Movie theater ticket kiosk area. <laughs> it says she shows I, up in another one of these god awful space disco outfits.
0: She does. Archer I, says, "Here, I've been going through this stuff. I found where the Zindi last visited in this ship before the fucking pirates got him. Let's go take a look. Tell tell Mayweather to set a course for here. And that's really all that goes. When they arrive." Uh, there is a uh, no humanoids on the planet whatsoever. They're scanning around and eventually Reed finds a, an abandoned shuttlecraft on sensors and they decide to investigate. And by they, I mean Reed, Hoshi, Archer and topal those four, which is a crew that makes sense. You've got a uh, interpreter slash cultural scientists to try and like figure out the shit that they find to be able to read things, speak things. You have your security officer, the captain, your first officer, who's also your science officer.
1: What they did was they looked at the crew and they said, "Okay, who do we want to embarrass badly in this episode?" And they said, "You know what? We've really enjoyed uh, shitting and minimizing Linda Park." <laughs> Special guest star <laughs> Linda Park, <Special.
0: laughs> the, the recurring character mm-hmm. Neelix, Status
1: and Sensato. <clears throat> Let's put her in this one. They get down. They start searching around. Uh, uh, we've got a real nice redress of Planet Hell with some heavy foliage, foliage, which I don't think we've seen this much dense, um, plant life since
0: Rogue Planet. I was going to say, it reminded me a lot of Rogue Planet and that it's dark and it's just lots of trees. They get over, we get some pretty gruesome shots of
1: dead dudes, which <clears throat> I felt it was kind of a miss that they find the corpses. And that the set designers didn't do like better scorch marks on the area around them since, you know, these guys got hit by four flamethrowers apiece or whatever.
0: And I feel and like they slid. did enough, like all of the foliage is, you know, burnt to a crisp. I mean, it was clear enough that, you know, fire happened here. And I guess the the shocking part is that they essentially immediately all then transform after discovering this information. No chill. No chill whatsoever. This before act one is over. All of you, all, everyone except to Paul in this in this uh, away team has become the strange r- Velociraptor people. You do get what I think is a pretty good transformation scene for, I think it's Archer is the one that we see the most and then Reed, And the only one that we don't see actually, I think is, is Hoshi. Hoshi just like shows up transformed
1: to and- down there and she's got this white, I want to say this is her professor disco outfit from Marauders, actually. Yes, I think it is. Which went from being the worst uniform she was in in season two to being the best one I've seen her in in season three, as sad as that is. But she starts going through the transformation as well. But it does not seem like it sticks because our reoccurring trope of the aliens are immune to everything, which is normally occupied by Dr. Flox. In this case, it's Hosh. Uh. To Paul, so everybody else goes through a comically fast, and we're talking like
0: Michael Jackson turning into a werewolf and thriller fast matter of twenty, thirty seconds, suddenly, they are transformed, and they act like strange Raptor people, including their head tilt. I think the 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 reference you made is extremely accurate. They click. They hiss. They sort of, you know, are are stalking around each other and acting in a very animalistic way. They attack Paul. They uh, she has a she gets a bad case of falling down unconscious for no reason, which can happen. (laughs) Vapor (laughs) taker. Yeah, like she's escaping, and then all of a sudden she just falls, and then she's like, "Oh, unconsciousness." I don't want to downplay how bad the
1: physical performance is here and i'm not saying that these actors do a bad job i'm saying that they are being held at gunpoint to do a bad job
0: okay 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 i was about to say these guys are all in it to win it every single one of these actors read the script and are like okay i'm a weird bird person got it and then they just all did it okay there's there's no There's no half efforts here. Okay,
1: This is is your choices to pick from. One, uh, as often as happens in Star Trek, someone went to go see a movie and said, you know what? I'm going to make a script that's just like this. Only the movie they went to go see is Jurassic Park. (laughs) And I said, I'm going to tell a story about genetic engineering and dinosaurs. But you know what? Those raptor puppets and CGI is expensive as fuck. So let's just make Scott Bakula do it. (laughs) Uh, This could have actually been um, like test footage that was shot as a goof when they made the cast go to the local community college and take like miming 101. And that was like, or maybe this was like their actor uh, vocal cords, like warm up uh, activity. They had him do is just pretend you're dinosaur people
0: and they're like unique you know what this new is new york <laughs> unique new york <laughs>
1: uh, or three if you were to tell me everybody on set just got really drunk and while drunk everybody <laughs> thought this was a great idea and they're like yeah just go with it you're dinosaur they people.
0: had to get them drunk too to get them to think it's a good idea Like Ev- every I've said Take these shots do. of
1: jameson and then go act like a bird person jello shots for everybody guys come on <laughs> when was this uh september 24th maybe it was like a a a 9-11 remembrance party (laughs) that got out of control i don't know i i
0: they are they are trying their best to deliver on the premise that has been handed to them the problem and this is why i rated above all the garbage we've ever watched because the the thing that separates bad from garbage is a lack of effort to me a garbage episode fails to even try This one is trying. These actors are trying. They're merely provided terrible (laughs) material with which to work. But everyone is physically trying to do the thing. They are 100%. There's no self-awareness on anyone's part. They are in, in what they're doing. And... Yes, we have a bunch of grown actor professional adults who are, are tromping around pl- the planet hell caves with foliage, acting like bird people with five pounds of makeup on their faces. You know, Scott Bakula was in movies.
1: He was. I mean, he was a real actor. And you think Scott Acula's sitting there on set? Like, sure, they had him do hokey, silly shit in Quantum Leap, but then, you know, Longest Yard and some of this other stuff. Do you think he's sitting there looking at the script? looking at uh, Reed and Hoshi acting like bird people while he looks at his own hands, and it's just like, you know, I I thought after
0: Vox Sola, I couldn't get any lower. (laughs) It's one thing if you're Dominic Keating and you're like, well, this this is a great paycheck I get, so I'm going to be a bird person. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, but when you're Scott Bakula making that choice, eating bug goop. Yeah, eating bug goop after having a weird judo fight scene. <laughs> clean after it.
1: dominance
0: humping Dominic Keating.
1: Uh,
0: I so there there is not much to talk about in terms of plot. Oh,
1: so 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 they they convert and then they fucking do the other thing that you know jumping back over to your your favorite uh, precious cargo where we have to do alien charades for a good 6 minutes while Disco to Paul tries to con them into getting the universal translator that Hoshi conveniently still has on her I'm sorry Bird Hoshi conveniently still has on her belt <laughs> That's where I really started getting into my phone and I'm like I I can't I can't and it's <laughs> It's like
0: fucking police academy man so they the plot on the surface is actually pretty limited because these these bird people that the crew has turned into have apparently relatively limited cognition, or at least the process of converting makes them have limited cognition. So they're very primitive, although they become less primitive as the episode goes on, which is a bit of a detail. I think I liked like the the longer that they are being established as this new race, they start to act more like people. They're on the search for something, some place. And Paul is trying to keep this band together and figure out what the fuck is going on while going deeper with them. Meanwhile, on enterprise trip is in charge. Trip is like, okay, what do we do? And brings in flocks. I was like, doctor, tell me what the fuck is going on. And they draw the conclusion that's obviously some sort of pathogen that has resulted in this circumstance. Trip can't just go down there, can infect everybody. So he says, well, I'm going down there, but I'm going to bring two XCOM guys and uh, we're going to wear suits uh, to prevent ourselves from getting whatever this weird new space aids is. It's
1: also worth mentioning, since this is a fun stat to track, if we open up our tally list for a number of other crew that T'Pol has shot, I think we get to add... Is it Archer or is it Reed that she wings?
0: Uh, to Paul wings Reed. Are, does it Reed? Yeah. It, I don't think shoots Archer. Well, that's a good one to shoot. I bet that felt good. I mean, he always deserves it. And he gets shot again by the uh, XCOM guys.
1: He's a great tactical officer. Very spry he's holding
0: his gun like an asshole again in this episode did you see that when they're like inspecting the Zindi shuttle and he's he's like ha ah, 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 with his he holds know, his dramatic you know movement
1: he holds his gun like will Shatner reads lines
0: <laughs> yes, he does like freaking <laughs> Linda Park had a better command of her service nine and the one shot she had it in her hand than, than your tactical officer um but trip goes down with. Corporal Chang and Private Palmer makes the classic error of not bring a ranger uh, on your XCOM mission. So you don't have someone who's good in close combat. You got like two support specialists and a sniper. And when they head down, they get ambushed by the bird people, but do ultimately tag Reed and are able to get very brief interaction with Paul. who's like, I'm going to continue to follow these two weirdos, take Reed back to the ship, trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. I think we also confirm here that uh, the Marines have
1: completely separate design spacesuits than Starfleet.
0: They have different spacesuits. They have different weapons. They are, for all intents and purposes, people from an entirely different organization. I like it. I do, too. The XCOM guys, which is what I'm going to call the Makos from this point forward, because it just seems to really work. Mm. Uh, Mm. They they are a good addition, you know, like to the to the crew. And it certainly increases their capacity. I think I've got a squad of heavies I can just bring with me.
1: I think XCOM isn't fitting, though, because I haven't seen these guys be directly next to someone and miss. That's true. But that's a 99% hit chance yeah <laughs> <don't know> <laughs> if any game if anything has ever you know oh you've got a a one percent chance of dying
0: here anybody who plays xcom like
1: fuck it, that's, that's a, too risky
0: it's a real chance it's not it's too risky you still take that shot but you're just like i could miss <laughs> one in a hundred and then you won. flip
1: the table when you do miss oh you yeah not know what you're getting into so <clears throat> while they're down fooling around on the surface you got old Mayweather up there sitting in the big chair.
0: And he does have a couple shots where he's sitting in it.
1: Two new ships fly in. Get him on the horn. Wouldn't you know, you're in the quarantine zone, buddy. You can't be down on that planet. There's a deadly virus. To which I don't know if it's Reed or Mayweather at that. I'm sorry, uh, Mayweather or Trip at that point. Who's like, well, it wasn't very clearly marked, which. Trip said that. <laughs> one of my favorite Star Trek tropes. Uh, we're going to get real mad if you're at this planet, which we have done nothing to warn you not to go down to whatsoever.
0: I actually kind of liked Trip in this episode. We've, we've complained before, he's not very good at commanding the ship. And this time, he's actually making correct decisions and standing up for himself. So, you know, this alien commander's like, you're in the quarantine zone. He's like, well, you didn't market. They're like, you're under, you're prepared to be bored. And he's like, fuck you. No, you're not, not boarding me. You try and board me. I'm going to fucking fight you. You want to come over and talk like an adult. You can come over and talk like an adult because obviously this situation is very fucky. But you come, you come ready to for violence. I'm going to meet you with violence, bro. We ain't doing that. I'm interested in the
1: trips now, crazy inventions fueled plot line, like where they're going to choose to apply that. Because the nonsense of this episode feels very season one, season two. Uh, especially when we have already established in Planet Reefer Madness. That you can't just fly down to the surface and open up the hatch and hope for the best, right? But there are planets out there with
0: shit in the air that will kill you or drive you crazy or both. They did establish at the very beginning of the episode... A reason to be there, which was there's a Zindi shuttle. Yeah, that could have information. Mm-hmm. So like they're them risking the unknowns to try and capture that information. I think I'm it was- just saying it,
1: it seems like there should be something on the shuttle pod to scan for this kind of bullshit. But I have been saying this would have been a good moment for trips crazy to b- bleed through with him pissed this whole thing's happening and they're now wasting time and dealing with a zany season 1 season 2 plot instead of going after the bad guys to kill him and maybe have him come off a little bit more unhinged and uh trigger happy like he he, he draws a line in the sand says I'll fuck you up if you get in our way but uh I think they should have pressed him deeper into the the darkness the 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 crazy time
0: they definitely do that as the season goes on and i think they they really wait to use it until like the zindi themselves are the antagonist of the episodes because it's like that's who his resentment is towards mm-hmm. and i think that's that's a better use of it of like this is just the fucking sideshow so he's just being professional but when the zindi themselves are like within his grasp he's gonna do a lot of can let me take his dick off you know like it's gonna it's gonna get a little rough I like the
1: space dudes who are there to play Johnny Law. This is <laughs> They've
0: got a hell of an outfit on. It's like gold.
1: It's red and gold. It looks awful. But the guy they got playing it, I mean, he's a no-nonsense dude. Yeah, It's clear this planet. Is a big fucking deal to them, despite the fact there's no, like, warning buoys or, like, red it lights. Killed,
0: yeah. The disease that's there apparently killed millions of his people. So they're Ten very million. fucking serious about this. This is, like,
1: basically this Zindi attack. This this killed as many people as this Zindi attack killed back on Earth. And he'll start filling in some of the plot here that the inhabitants of this planet at some point lost ability to reproduce. And so they turned to genetic engineering. And they did the only thing reasonable, and that was uh, make a virus that just rapidly transmorphs anybody in humanoids it infects into the native race, complete with, uh, you know, shared past memories.
0: The idea of this plot, I feel like has been done before in different pieces, in different episodes, particularly in TNG. You've got inner light, you know, in terms of, like, the history of a people. Mm -hmm. Um, The one where Geordi
1: LaForge turns into the ultraviolet
0: light. Right. And it was Identity Crisis, which, of course, like, it's funny because LeVar Burton is literally directing this one. And he was the focus of that episode. Like, this idea. There was the Voyager episode where they found the Vietnam Memorial. And, like. The world's uh, most
1: powerful Ch- psychic weapon, yes.
0: Yeah, Chicote and Neelix in Paris were like having flashbacks of a war they didn't fight in. So there, there's elements of this plot have been used before. Um, this vehicle is a little different. Uh, I liked the idea of like the civilization tried to find a novel way to continue its existence and it just wound up causing a lot of unintended problems to the point where this... Race is like, lock this place down and we'll kill anyone that shows up and all of that. Which, why not just nuke it from orbit? Yeah, exterminatus Like, <laughs> just obviously, there's nothing on this planet that's worth saving. If you've hit a point <laughs> where, mor- morally speaking,
1: sending thugs with flamethrowers to burn people alive is on the table.
0: Yeah, put a satellite out then. Tell
1: people not to go here. Just. Mm. Burn the whole fucking planet. You got yeah.
0: space lasers. Just nuke it from orbit, man. Nuke it or at least, like, put a fence around it. You know, like, warning. This place has it. space aids. Like, you know, not everyone is going to speak your language. Have, like, a bunch of visual aids. Have, like, a big arrow pointing to the planet with, like, a, a circle with an X through it. And then, like, a mm-hmm. the guy getting sick. Like, everyone and these And then being burned stuff. alive. Yeah. Yeah, like... Yeah, instead you're getting real pissed because someone showed up to a place you didn't even tell them that they weren't allowed to go. Anyway, uh, the the they make it clear they're gonna end up killing uh, Hoshi and and Archer and and uh, Trip's not down for that. But they need a sample of T'Pol's DNA because she's resistant in order to make a vaccine. Of course, that's when he remembers she seductively ate a peach earlier and sprints to the her quarters and gets the peach to get the DNA off of that.
1: Another and opportunity missed here would have been Trip getting to her quarters, going in, no locked door, by the way, shout out to Vok, and finding his, his special stash of peaches in the trash. <laughs> That would have been fucking great. Like oh, that picture <laughs> of my fucking peaches in the truck like, like
0: all the way from Florida. I had them special. Georgia, stasis. Georgia. Yeah, I had I had them in stasis. I gave him to her as a gift. Instead, she's bitch. got
1: him up on a shelf over her bed or something.
0: <laughs> and the next thing that happens on the surface, because I think we're just gonna skip over the weird bird people stuff. Is they You're find skip over the Magic City Dream? Oh, there's the Magic City Dream first, which is like another PS2 cut PS2 cutscene level, uh, like zoom out of a bunch of stock characters wandering around an environment, and it's like this tiered underground city. Uh didn't even really look good for its era, and.
1: It's like, it like some level out of Dragon Age Origins.
0: Yeah, but worse. Like, oh, like way the dwar- worse. Yeah, looked like the Dwarven City for Dragon Age Origins, but worse. And real quick, you know what also, uh, if
1: we're talking about like retreaded elements, uh, Harry Cougar Planet, that was another one where yeah. there was an infection that started rewriting DNA and shared memory and all that stuff.
0: And eventually he wakes up from that and then they continue. And then when they arrive, of course the cities are ruined because the civilization has already been long since killed off or destroyed or it just died. And when they arrive, they're so filled with emotion. They start blooming to Paul a little bit, but that's when to Paul, hears the heavy foot footsteps of the jackboots that are, are incoming. He knows that's not her, her uh, human compatriots. And uh, they start, running away from the flame troopers who pursue and Come fire bats. And eventually the fire bats, uh, attempt to, uh, confront them in the hell caves, but, uh, are beaten back by, uh, roundhouse kicks to the face, which I thought was quite impressive. Uh, but also the power of rocks. Uh, Archer <laughs> basically just wields a rock.
1: The fire bats made the mistake of attacking the enterprise. The, the Star Trek cast members on their home advantage, which is the planet Hell Caves, although yeah. very positively lit for a change. Um, Archer's about to kill the one guy by smashing him in the face with the rock. And T'Pol's like, no, leave him. Let's go. It's OK. Suits punctured.
0: <laughs> the other is already dead. Take care of that in a second. Mm hmm. So they torch him and like to Paul's got like one of the flamethrowers and it's comically too large for Blaylock to actually shoot. So it's like half her size. It's like stay back as they get countered out. They get cornered outside. They pull her away. They're going to dramatically torch. Uh, uh,
1: Archer and Hoshi. Archer,
0: Hoshi. And then suddenly that is when trip and one of the XCOM guys beam in they did mention the reason they didn't beam them out is they were infectious so they did for a change like address why they weren't using the transporter but they beamed the the backup in and they just like blam 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 all four of the uh the, the fire bats because you know the marines have longer range so they just shoot the fire bats down before they get in range sure very, yeah you know that's how what's how it works and uh and to Paul's like, I thought you're never going to use the transporter again. He said, I really didn't want to. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> When's the last
0: was... time he used it? Uh, reptile
1: episode? I th- I think it was the Vanishing Point.
0: Was Vanishing Point after Reptile? I think it was. Mm. But Vanishing Point, I think, was the last time anyone really used the transporter. Okay. It was, you know, a good reason to be like, I don't know about this. <laughs> <laughs> Hoshi went into a hell dimension. I think we want to we wanna 86 use in this thing until we tighten it up a little bit. I think it might kill your soul. <laughs> I think we might have problems here. So and- they get him back up to the ship, and now
1: uh, military dude knows that Enterprise isn't being nice. Enterprise shoots off, and the other two ships pursue, get into warp and start shooting green things at him, which... I'm just gonna say, or some sort of torpedo, so I don't have to complain about phasers. That's good. That's smart. In warp, and they're like, uh, "You better surrender." And then Trip's like, "We just need a little bit more time." And the guy's like, "You know, cooperate, or we'll have to blow up the whole ship." And then the door opens up, and Archer comes walking in, and it's mostly Archer with just a little bit of shit on his face. Why are you shooting at my ship? <clears throat> There's infected people
0: on there. Do I look infected to you? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> you, look, you do look a little gnarly, dude. Still got some of the shit on your head. I liked how angry Flox was at this guy. Of like, yes, these are the two people that you were going to murder with flamethrowers approximately 87 seconds ago. I, a doctor who am supremely talented and can cure anything, including diseases I choose not to curse so that millions will die, have cured them. So go, go, go! Fuck yourself.
1: The hubris that we're getting off locks here for someone who just foolishly assumed that you know he'd, you know, the, the Borg were no threat, and yeah, just keep him in sickbay. And there he is, letting these two just roam the hall and be in the 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 turbo lift with them all willy nilly, like. Clearly flocks did not learn his lesson.
0: As, I do like I do like consistently that flocks is very uh when he's asked questions to which he doesn't have an answer he says probably in this very unique way. Like they ask us like it's poll infected and he goes "I oh, probably." I'm like I don't fucking know <laughs> but I'm going to follow the most likely sequence of events. Cheese I'm going to err on the
1: side of, I'm going to err on the side of caution and do so as
0: flippantly as possible yeah it'd be very casual just like yeah probably (laughs) it's just his character he's just very casual about things i like that the the viral
1: infectious nature of this plot is so inconvenient to the writers that they have as little time as possible converting these crew members to monsters and then reverting them back into humans and that is such a I fucking hate when it happens. Like we're yes. not talking all, all about
0: dramatic tension just pulled
1: right out of that moment. There's we're not talking like, uh Oh, these guys got some fucking marker on their face. Well, luckily it's washable marker, so You could just use some warm water on a, on a washcloth and, and wipe it off. That is the speed at which Hoshi and Archer are healing up. And for them to have converted over, as quickly as they were not just like broken blood vessels or like their nose falling (coughs) off but like big things growing on their neck and crazy the craziest part to me was just the hair growth within six seconds everybody had hair that was at least shoulder length yes and then phlox hits them with the cure and it's just regular archer hair which makes me think like Maybe this race wasn't dying and making this genetic like monstrosity to uh to to rekindle their dying population. I think it's more feasible that this is just like a really bad batch of Rogaine yes. that had some
0: <laughs> wicked fucking
1: stupid. some wicked fucking side effects. Because I'm watching these guys turn into monsters and I can be like, man, look at that hair growth.
0: I'd pay yeah, don't join the hair club for men. It's got side effects. You never would have. Yeah, dreamed But of. I mean like that. They, they had shoulder like
1: like my bald spot would be gone like that. If only if only I could find a way to like re sculpt this virus and change it into something beneficial. I'm thinking in my head like ha, ha ha ha. What silly thoughts for me that they would keep this fucking shit around. Well, then <laughs> you get the ending as if this episode, this fucking embarrassment garbage fire wasn't bad enough on its end. They can't just let it go. because That seems like the the place to stop was, OK, hey, you don't need to fight us anymore. You don't need to blow us up. We've got a cure. We're going to share the cure. So now you don't have to, like, you know, burdenate people anymore. Also, by the way, let us share the technology of um the words do not go here. It's a bad time. Uh we, we have this follow up in Sick Bay where Archer comes down and reads there and Reed's like, Oh, my stomach, I'm you know, throwing up all a chef's food. Oh, there was also a really gross scene, by the way. We kind of skimmed over it where Reed jumps up a tree and pulls oh, yeah. the
0: <laughs> they have the fight over the bug maggots. eggs.
1: And there's yeah. these, these coconuts full of maggots. Yeah. And Hoshi gets one to eat, and then she's Archer just, she's eating it yeah archer bullies reed out of his they have a dominance fight reed basically rolls over and shows his ass
0: and like crawls up and licks archer's balls basically <laughs> i mean it it very effectively demonstrated that they're very animalistic in that stage it's it was very weird but it and was then
1: archer tries was, to feed bugs to, to paul and then So they make a little joke like, oh, well, you know, you can have some on my moths because you're still a little bit of a monster, whatever. Reed limps off. And then Phlox goes, hey, by the way, here's the last sample of this extremely dangerous virus that could very easily wipe the entire crew out if this thing ever, like, you know, hit the ground. Because even though I've got the antidote to fix it like it's very possible I just might be transformed and want to go back to the the forbidden temple city with everybody else because this
0: is like the most powerful bioweapon we've ever seen I don't want to go to the shrine of the silver monkey so can I please destroy this to which Archer says no it's the last remnant of that civilization and I will not destroy it which is just doesn't seem like something the Archer would say in the circumstance it's like Archer goes well hold on a second
1: there's this 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 virus this is the last attempt of a dying species to save itself and even though it's a terrible bioweapon and we see that you know that's all that remains of people that were just fighting to survive and i know that in the past i've had species begging me to save their lives and help fix a problem that was killing them off that i've just cruelly turned a cold shoulder to but this time when confronted with a, a species extinction, well, wouldn't you know it, Phlox, but I've had a change of heart.
0: <laughs> As we were once to on this program.
1: So go ahead and just take that super dangerous fucking vial of poison and go put it in that toast, that bread box you got over there on the counter. And let's just hope for the best. And I'm not going to go into it because we've spent hours discussing Dear Doctor and the nonsense that happened there. But yeah, the exact as if comically, they want to call back up all the imagery. And I'm not blaming Flocks in this, but it's just fucking Archer. You're going to let the fucking women and children and the nice Mr. Roger sweaters people die. And here's like the fucking T-Virus made by the Umbrella Corporation. <laughs> <laughs> so. Please tell me that at some point down the road we find out that the Zindi homeworld is in fact eradicated by Earth and it's just Archer taking this fucking vial on his way out <laughs> and saying All right, we'll see. <laughs> just like that scene from Resident Evil, he just throws it over his shoulder as he closes the door, this thing cracks open and that's what happens to the fucking Zindi homeworld. It becomes the fucking raptor people instead. You'll just have to find out. That is the only way that I can take this fucking travesty i just watched and have anything whatsoever useful ever come out of it and i'll tell you what i if if i was a starfleet captain and i had this powerful ass bioweapon
0: i'd transport this thing on every ship that ever fucked with (laughs) (laughs) oh no guys you're raptor people now (laughs) i'd be sent oh i didn't kill you i just turned you into annoying birds
1: yeah your species is problematic. I'm going to uh, reassign your um, creature type. Actually, maybe you could like breed it in with tribbles and really have some fucking. Some, 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 some quantum torpedoes on your hand with that one. What do we watch next week, Peter? Uh, we're going into <laughs> season three, episode four, Rajin. I thought for a second that might be. Uh, God, what the hell is this? I do Amidala, but I was like, is, she, is this a Victoria's Secret picture I'm looking at? She's got like a spiderweb bikini and some <laughs> fucking what... Cindy Lauper hair. What is this? <laughs> Enterprise takes on board Rajan, a beautiful enigmatic passenger with ulterior motives. Didn't we already just try to do this with precious cargo?
0: I mean, I guess not with a Playboy, Playboy model. That is
1: straight up Playboy model right there. Yeah, that hair. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I, this one, uh, we'll just say that there's going to be an episode of Firefly that's just going to remind you of. Here's
1: what I need I need this, uh, Rajan Playboy bunny, uh, doing the Vulcan deep tissue massage with, uh, crop top to Paul to wash the memory of extinction out of my mind
0: I am proud to be able to tell you that uh, for once it will not just be Jolie Blaylock who is sexually exploited <laughs>
1: <laughs> are they going to have Rajan crawling around in the ceiling and then she's going to jump out of a vent and her shirt's going to fall off too they'll give her the Linda Park treatment <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh god help us all we could have been reviewing Picard, Peter. We could have. But instead we chose this. Who we knew? purposely I chose I mean I'd say
1: I'd say who who could've known? You should have known. <laughs> Certainly. Well,
0: thanks for listening, I guess. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Yeah.